Welcome back, bosses. I hope you're doing well. I'm so excited about today's episode because I have the youngest lead AP certified architect, and he is here to talk about his experiences at Wentworth Sustainability, and we're going to talk about the fashion show and our experiences with that. Right before COVID hit, we actually won the fashion show. Wentworth did, so that was super exciting. I met him when I was a junior and he was a freshman, and now he's killing it in the game. So stay tuned for this fun episode and very educational as well. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lily Grace Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I have a friend. He His name is Jacob, and we actually met a couple of years ago when he was a freshman in architecture. And it was like crazy because we literally saw each other basically every day because the fashion show is so intense. So welcome, Jacob. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. Yeah, I've been listening along a little bit. The first semester I was at Wentworth, we had the fashion show club. I was going around like during the club day and I think it was Trevor. He was just like uh, advertising the interior design club. And I was like, I saw the sheet fashion show club and I asked him about it. Oh, what is it? And he described it and I was like, so excited to join. And then it became the most intense club I've ever been <laughs> You're like, it oh was, my gosh, yay, I get to just oh, it'll like, be make fun. clothes, like whatever. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then we sitting on a sewing machine, just like, oh, I got to get this done. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Honestly, though, you were probably the best sewer out of like, between me and you and everyone because like I don't know you just had built your own suit before and things like that so you knew how to use a sewing machine which is great I I built I built a t-shirt a bad pair of pants and one other t-shirt but the suit I embroidered which that also came in because one of our main things was all those flower embroideries which was amazing Mm-hmm. If you remember on the bodice, there was the flower embroideries. Yeah. And then the other thing was the key, like the door that we had to open. Yeah. It was all about construction. Yeah. And I'd been like in this McQueen craziness. So I'd been watching a lot of like how to construct <laughs> tailored jacket suit. So it was like perfect timing, but it was, it was a lot of fun, but a lot. And actually the pictures from that after the night we were in accelerate are still there on that red frame so if you go in the polaroids are all still there oh that's awesome good to know yeah because i haven't been in oh yeah and that semester for me was like literally i almost died i think covid wasn't a thing back then but i'm pretty sure that's what i had because i and then i cut off my thumb halfway through i basically broke a rib because i coughed so much at the fashion show but we won so it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah that was crazy it was a wild night yeah. Yeah. It was literally, I think I cut my thumb as well. I know a couple <laughs> other people who got themselves. It was wild. Yeah. I think I know COVID happened, like started and get it like everything shut down. I remember March 12th. Yeah. And I think a lot of people at Wentworth got sick, like late January, early February, including me. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it like kind of wiped through Wentworth really Maybe. early. <laughs> oh my gosh can you imagine I honestly in a sense hope that's what it was just so I'd never have to experience that again (laughs) it was just awful the first question I always ask my guests is what defines your lifestyle Hmm. I think one thing that defines my lifestyle is kind of busyness I like to be busy because 
I'm bad when I have free time, I will spend it on dumb stuff and then make it so that that like wasted time will extend to the time I need to do stuff for. I, I that's a bad way to describe it, but What's it's dumb stuff mean for you. Like what would YouTube. you do? Like okay. I have this for me, I either have a fixation on something for two weeks and then forget about it <laughs> yep. or get slowly interested. And then it's like a personality trait. So okay. right now, like I'm super interested in like beatboxing, for example, because I just think it's so cool. Like there's this guy from Japan, so-so, who just like is whatever. It's really cool. And I'll just get obsessed with it for two weeks and then forget about it. That's but like funny. for certain things, like yeah for like fashion for example or especially architecture or cars whatever those are like i kind of got into it slowly so i'm more kind of like intensely interested and long term but um yeah so back to how my lifestyle is it's like right now i have three jobs i just finished some summer classes and co-op and now i'm going back into school with all those three jobs with like side jobs and projects and all the stuff because when I have free time, it just makes me nervous because I always feel like I'm supposed to be doing something, supposed to be productive or something like that. But I realize that you don't have to be productive 24-7. It will kill you because it is so draining to be like working on something that isn't like yourself mm. all the time. Yeah. It makes it just doesn't help you. And then when you do like take a little bit of time for self-care, like I'm doing boxing right now, it's super healthy and all that stuff. It makes you realize how much like putting a little bit of effort just into yourself makes everything else easier. Yeah. So sure. I think that's kind of my like, I need to be busy or else I'm going to like shut down. So yeah, no, same. that's my lifestyle right now. <laughs> No, I love that. Honestly, I can relate. If people know me, I'm literally nonstop. And when I get too comfortable or have too much free time, I get like, I'm like, what's wrong with me? There's something wrong. I need mm -hmm. to do something. I need to be productive. So I can totally relate to you in that sense. And a question that I was going to ask you is how did you find Wentworth and where mm -hmm. actually, where are you even from? I don't even know that. So I'm actually from Newton, Massachusetts. So I'm like oh, okay. 20 minutes Wait, down the I highway from Wentworth. That. I'm from Newton. I went to Newton North High School. And if a lot of people might have heard of it, it's like one of the craziest, most expensive public schools in the country. So what happened was Newton North was like getting redone. And to get a lot of funding, they were like, let's combine a regular high school and a technical high school. So it's like career tech ed into one so that kids can take normal classes and these career oriented classes at the same school at the same time and kind of get interested in these careers. Mm -hmm. So what I got was in middle school or whatever, one of the students came to like advertise the architectural drafting program as saying they had a 3D printer and because I'm a huge nerd was like, oh my God, a 3D printer. <laughs> so I signed up. And after the first like couple weeks of architectural drafting I was like this is amazing this is so much fun this is so exciting and I did it for three years so that was how I got interested in architecture and then my teacher she was like a professional and then became a teacher and 
she knows how the professional field works. So for example, in her class, we learned Revit and Lumion and all like the really big programs that even Wentworth doesn't teach until third year, but that everyone in the field actually uses. So when I was like kind of getting more into those kind of like programs, learning more about like how to work, how to adapt an idea, how to work with like a baseline. She was like, so a lot of my students who have like been as interested in architecture as you have gone to Wentworth. And she recommended the school because it is a tech school. So there's a lot of, you learn a lot of really good skills, but it's also like a really well-known school, especially in Boston. So with the co-op opportunities, which are fantastic, you learn a lot, you get really good at working in real jobs. So you're, you have a really good chance of getting a job outside of school. And I was like, sign me up. That sounds great. So I applied, got in, thankfully. And then at the last year, um, my teacher, Ms. Shirtliff, she is like, um, kind of like me, she likes to like find new things, get interested in new things. And she goes to this conference every year for architects and architecture teachers and all this stuff. And she learned that GBES, a green building education services uh, education firm, was sponsoring high school classes to take the Lee Green Associate. So for the last year of high, of high school, I learned all about LEAD. And that summer, June 20th, 20-something 20 um, of 2019, I got my LEAD Green Associate. So that's how I got interested in Wentworth and in architecture and in LEAD and all this kind of stuff. So that's where I'm from. Hmm. Okay. If that makes any sense. No, it really does. Actually, it's bringing back memories because I remember you said you went to this high school in Newton. I do remember that now. And can mm-hmm. you tell people who aren't architects or designers, mm-hmm. what is LEAD? L-E-E. So LEAD <laughs> is Leadership in Education Environmental Design. It's basically a qualification for architects or a like certification for buildings. So if your building is a certain level of lead, it is more sustainable. And it defines sustainable as uses less resources, for example, water efficient, energy efficient, it uses less power, less off-gassing from paints and all that kind of stuff. And the construction doesn't use as much waste and all the, like it's reusing, it's very kind of the classic reduce, reuse, recycle, but made specific to architecture. So building on local state and countrywide building codes and kind of making the baselines a little bit higher so that Mm. these buildings are much more like future-proofed and also much more sustainable. So they use less energy now. And a fun fact, my teacher, Ms. Shirtliff, she was actually one of the people on the team who designed the first LEED um, certified home like wow. single family home in Massachusetts. So yeah, so that's why she probably got like super interested in it that's and really teaching cool. us about it. Yeah, so, and then for professionals, LEAD is basically a qualification that you can get, whether it's LEAD Green Associate at like kind of the baseline, which is I understand the basics of how a green construction project goes mm-hmm. and how a green building functions to 
a lead AP, lead accredited professional, which is a little more specialized. For example, I have the lead AP BDNC, which is building design and construction. So mm -hmm. that's in kind of construction from scratch or core and shell. There's also interior design, which I'm sure you are, you know, about. Um, there's operations and management. So that's for basically making sure that all the like operations are sustainable using clean cleaning products, make sure there's not energy wasted. Mm -hmm. There's also homes. Um, and then I think there's a couple more. There's neighborhood design, which is like large scale, like yeah. um, creating an entire town that all functions together in this very synonymous way. So yeah. that and is you, the basics of lead. Yeah, I love that. And you said you're the youngest lead AP certified person that you know of after doing yeah, the research, so, which is crazy. And how old are you? <laughs> so I am 20 now. I got the lead AP like a month and three days before I turned 20. So I oh, was wow. 19. That's crazy. And I researched. So I contacted USGBC. <laughs> they don't take ages. So I can't officially sign off on the fact that I'm the youngest. But from my research, the next youngest lead AP was 24. Makes sense. But because, that's like, yeah, yeah, we were saying, like I was saying, I just assumed like you had to be in the industry. You had to be out mm -hmm. of school to do it. Um, but I guess that's not the case, which is amazing for you. And mm -hmm. it worked out and that's just really impressive. So yeah, most architects out. get it when they're like 30 plus. So that's so cool. Yeah. So for example, I work at Riverstone Sustainability, which uh, works with Wentworth. So that's how I got introduced to it. And my boss, she is like a super like well-rounded, knows everything about lead. She is like, she, her job is sustainability consulting. So she helps uh, companies design lead sustainable buildings. Mm -hmm. And she got her lead AP at 29. Okay. So, and for example, a lot of the teachers at Wentworth who are lead certified are lead green associates. So my first semester teacher, Troy Peters, he's a lead green associate. There's a couple who are lead APs. Um, um, Eric Barth, he works at uh, Kensler and also teaches yeah. here. Um, he's a lead AP BDNC, but yeah, it's kind of, it used to be what, what I know it either in 2019 or 2020, it changed that you didn't have to have professional experience. So you didn't have to work in the field. Right. But before then you had to have a certain amount of time working on lead projects before you could take the test. So you kind of had to prove yourself. Now it's just recommended, not required. You just have to be active. Right. Yeah, no, that's really amazing. Cause I was saying to you before, I am trying to go for my NCADQ. So mm -hmm. can you talk to us about the study process? Like, was it intense? Yes. So in one word, yes, it was intense. Um, for me, I got the Libre Associate through GBES. That's what I used. It was practice tests and practice tests and practice, just over and over, kind of learning the questions that would be asked and figuring out what the answers were and then going through the handbooks and all that stuff. But for this time, I did a little bit of a different process where uh, GBS has like this whole course. So it goes through every credit, it goes through everything. And it's like videos, it's quizzes, it's flashcards, it's 
a lot of different study materials, which I think is the best. Yep. But the best thing for me was actually working on the credits for my job was I had to work for, um, for Wentworth, we wanted to do basically prove that there was a lot of surrounding density. Mm-hmm. So one of the credits in lead is uh, location, transportation, surrounding density and diverse uses. So it basically wants to make sure that there's a lot around the building. There's a lot of different things. So supermarkets, banks, public use spaces, all that kind of stuff. And it also wants to make sure that there are, for example, bus lines and trains and all that stuff. So what I did is I worked on the credit to make sure that the building we were working on complied. So I kind of had this deep understanding for how this credit's made, like done and how it's submitted. So when it came up on the test, it was super easy because I already knew because I had already right. done it. So I think one thing that like with the study process, it was very kind of monotonous, boring, looking over flashcards, watching videos, doing practice tests over and over and over and over and over again. Right. But that kind of outside knowledge from actually participating is I think way better. Mm-hmm. It's not possible to do really like for every credit because that's insane. Yeah. But for me doing the lead test, I got a couple questions on it and felt very confident and that kind of helped my confidence throughout it. But I looked back and the GBS tracks how many hours you spent on the like study materials. It was 10 hours and that was like in two weeks. So Wait, yeah, only was, 10 hours? All right. That, I well, mean, not only 10 that hours. That was like the I, past couple days before. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, because like I wasn't sure if you started like months before, you know what I mean? So I had started... So the course I used was, I spent 10 hours in, but practice tests, I already had, I'd already been like, I already had the Levering Associates. So I had like 50 hours of that knowledge kind of coming in. (laughs) Yeah. And the previous semester, the, like one of the courses I had to take was um, building matters too, or energy something. I forget what it was called, but it was about how, energy efficient buildings are created so I had that and then I also done the practice tests done the like if you add it all up it's probably 7,500 hours yeah but it's (laughs) over the span of like two to three years okay okay so it's kind of I I thought you meant you just spent 10 I'm like you must be a genius no no, that's that's insane no no no, no, I get it now I get it I was like wow you're like actually a genius but you are a genius because you're 20 and you got the lead AP so um would you say that I actually looked it up the test has a 30 percent pass rate yeah no I was gonna (laughs) ask you that's crazy were the practice tests and like the book and stuff whatever you did were they similar to the actual test? So the books and the videos and especially the con- like the handbook was exactly like the test. It was just kind of asking questions like on the handbook, it would say for every percent you save energy wise, this is how many credits you get. And it would ask, this is what you have. It's this percentage savings. How many credits would you get? So it was very similar, but the questions I got on some of the practice tests were a little bit harder. So by the end, I was scoring like 70, 80 on some of the practice tests, but even getting down to like 60%. 
and the scoring you want 170 out of 200, which is kind of weighed around, but it ends up being about 75%. But I got like enough. That's like good. I got 180. So that's awesome. Because it's each test is formulated like it's not, it's random. It's there's like 30 tests, like sets of questions per test. And each set has a different difficulty level. Mm. So it'll like scale based on that. This is just for the lead test, but yeah. it kind of applies. It's basically how they do it. It's certain questions don't count that are pilot questions. Certain questions count more, certain questions count less. And then the whole score, once you get it, it's kind of played yeah. with. It's because I'm kind of doesn't make sense for people who maybe haven't taken any tests since the SATs. Mm -hmm. Like I think a lot of tests give people anxiety. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so so it's like good to know all of this stuff and like obviously the SATs are a different league of tests. But like, would you say it was kind of like a similar <sighs> process, or you're like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, my SAT experience is a little funky because I. I'm pretty good at math. Like that's one of the things I do a lot and mm -hmm. I'm not great at like writing and English and that kind of stuff. And I, for the first time I took the SAT, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take it, see what I get. And I studied a lot for the math, like with tutor and everything. Mm -hmm. And somehow like I got like a 1410, which was insane. Oh my God. That's and then, <laughs> and then the like SAT, but wait, and then the SAT like subject test came in and like, destroyed me oh. um, but and also AP chem and calc not the easiest things to do um but for me the hardest test I've ever taken was probably AP chem and <laughs> that is like no joke yeah, no. the SAT it's I think the lead test just like the SAT just like AP test all of it it's all about like calming yourself down during it yeah. And being like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, for example, in the middle of the lead green associate test. So the lead AP test I took at that table right there because um, it was during COVID. So I had to do it at home. But the lead green associate test, it was before COVID. So I took it at a prometric testing center, mm. which is just 40 people in a tiny room in front of computers with dividers, all learning, <laughs> all like doing these crazy different hard tests. And like ever so often you'll just hear, <sighs> and you know that means something bad happened. Yeah. But I like in the middle of it, just like paused because for the lead test, you do have a little bit of extra time. Mm -hmm. um, I also got like, because I have ADD and whatever, I get um, a little bit of extra time. So I had like, I think an extra 30 minutes, but I didn't need that. Um, so in the middle, I just took like a minute break and just like <laughs> breathed and it like totally calmed me down. And yeah, it didn't make me feel like, oh, I'm going to pass this, of course, but it did kind of let me. So when I'm in those kind of situations, my, all the wires start crossing because of that's stress. Mm -hmm. So it kind of helped me like untangle the wires a little bit. That's a good so idea. I think. Yeah, it's compared to the SAT, it's not as stressful because it's only one test, one subject. Yeah. Yeah. It's all on the same topic. 
it's not as life defining, let's say. (laughs) Um, It is like a $250 test, so it's not cheap. I got sponsored to do my first test, but the lead AP, all that stuff was out of pocket. So it's kind of, it's a little nerve wracking because it is like money you're putting up, a lot of time, but you always know you can just take it again, worst case scenario. So I think that's kind of allows it to not be as scary as the SAT where it's like, you can't take it after this time because you have to do this thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a good way. I was just trying to compare it to something that maybe everyone could relate to. Um, And then CIDQ for the interior designers, it's the same way you pay like $300 and there's three different tests Mm. actually. And there's different levels kind of like that as well. Um, Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, I feel like a lot of tests, just like the nurses take the NCLEX, the lawyers take the bar mm-hmm. exam, like it's a lot yeah. of like pressure and people put all this like energy towards it, but mm-hmm. in the end it's a test. <laughs> so and yeah, pass, it's just so, another test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just sure. another couple buttons you have to click. That's it. <laughs> That's funny. It's not easy to think that way, but like you got it because the more you psych yourself out, the more you're going to second guess yourself and the worse you're going to That's all it is. For sure. And if so. someone's debating whether to take the lead AP, what would you tell them? I'd say, especially if you're sponsored to do it, of course, take it. Yeah. Because worst case scenario, every time you take any lead test, it shows what you did well at and what you didn't do well at, okay. like uh, on a scale. So you can kind of see what you need to improve on. So it's a great way to learn, like, I'm good at this. I need to work on this. So for example, I did really well on certain categories, but I think it was like water efficiency. I didn't great, but it kind of all depends. And I think it just kind of every time you take the test, you're going to get better. So a friend of mine, I think you met Sarah. um, She took the Lee Green Associate test and got a 169, which is one point off passing, which is brutal but like she learns so much that now she knows like how like all the stuff that you need to know for a lead green associate it's just like yeah you happen to get one point off but you just take it again yeah and for example what i want to do is with the club i'm starting when we're the sustainability society is help give people resources to take these tests learn these learn these topics because everyone's going to have to adapt to this more sustainable design at some point, whether it's now or in a couple of years from now. Mm -hmm. So might as well get a little bit of ahead. And also these tests aren't cheap. So students would be much more likely to take it if it's covered and the resources are covered because again, it's not cheap. (laughs) I spent probably like $700 on all these resources and the tests. So it's not like, it's not just a drop in the bucket. So but if you think about I'd it, I'd say there's a big return on investment with it because oh, completely. it's going to help you get a job and it will probably allow you to get paid a little more than someone without it. Yeah. So one thing I looked at is on average, if you have a lead green associate, you're paid probably like a couple thousand dollars more and lead, lead AP even more. But if you're a lead AP, you have the skill set and knowledge to run a project. Mm-hmm. So you won't just be another person working on it. You'll be the like, you, there's a lot of upward mobility kind of process and 
availability to you because you can work in these like higher positions because you know how to do it. So yeah, you might have a similar starting salary, a little bit higher, but in 10, 20, 30 years, you're going to be paid like triple because yeah. you're going to be a principal instead of just another drone. Yeah. So it's like a great way to kind of separate yourself. So For sure. one thing I realized kind of early on in college was you got to kind of separate yourself from everyone because if you don't, you're just going to become another person, another name on application. So kind of learning to stamp yourself is really important. So the way I did that was, hey, I have this Lee Green Associate. I'm interested in sustainability. Let me kind of stamp myself as a person who focuses on this. So what I did was I studied for the Lead AP. I took these classes in sustainability. I work at a firm that does sustainability consulting. So it kind of gives you this like brand that you have a brand. I I'm now trying to like establish one because sure. it's important to separate yourself in a way that's not just like kind of, oh, I happen to participate in this. It's no, I actively created something from nothing and kind of created this like large kind of scale difference. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of love how you said that. And you're not even like half or you are halfway through your college experience, but like, it's crazy that you've gotten this far. And I like how you said, kind of like set yourself apart, because for me, I think every time I look at a situation or like everyone else around me, I'm like, okay, if everyone's turning right, I'm going to turn left and do what everyone's not doing. So then I stand out because I feel like that's the best way to brand yourself. If you're really Mm -hmm. trying to create something for yourself later on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially with having a podcast, having a large scale, like basically lifestyle brand, selling a notebook, kind of allowing yourself to brand yourself as someone who is very competent and it like, it allows you to kind of present to someone like, hey, I created this brand by myself. I know how to do all these things because I created a brand and I did it all while in school, while working. So it shows <laughs> yeah. that you can multitask as well. Yeah, like <laughs> with, yeah, because with me, I'm kind of with one of my jobs I'm working at, I'm helping source marketing materials from different factories. So it's kind of learning how to do just kind of everything Yes. is so important. And doing something that kind of separates yourself is a good way to do that because you're going to have to learn a lot of random stuff. Like yeah. I'm sure graphic design and all this, like how to market yourself, how to start an Instagram account, how to like brand yourself, all this stuff. It all comes with creating some separation between you and everyone else. Mm-hmm. So once you start doing that, you kind of are able to put all these skills down on paper and say, I can do all these things look at my like business that I created yeah I think everything that you said like I don't even need to speak because I think it's like (laughs) such a good thing what you just said and I think you're so right because as we're building these brands for ourselves like I believe every person is their own brand whether they're a business Mm -hmm. or not um as we're building these brands for ourselves you you have to do the weirdest craziest most boring sometimes most difficult things in order to get this beautiful vision out there to the world and like you were saying 7500 hours studying behind the book when you could be going out as like normal 20 year olds do like but it's going to pay off in the end for your Mm -hmm. end goals and 
I love how kind of you're doing what you want, because that was a big message that I said in like my graduation speech. I was like, go Mm -hmm. for your version of success, because even what your parents tell you, it's like, it doesn't matter. You should really, truly do what you love. So love that. Yeah. One of the recent things, this is kind of, it might sound nihilistic, but it's just true. Nothing matters at all, except the people, you and the people around you. Because besides that, no one pays attention. Yeah. So kind of focusing on making yourself happy and the people around you happy, mm-hmm. that's the point of everything, of life. So for me, it's making sure I'm in a position where I can do what I want and enjoy and be where I want, but also make sure I can hang out with people and not like completely book up my time, which <laughs> I kind of am right now, but kind of making sure that I'm not just surviving, kind of thriving in a way that is healthy. Yeah. So whether it's like going out with friends all, like to dinner or something like that, just every week or something like that, okay. having those little habits is so important because if you don't like support those around you and you become isolated, it is the worst feeling in the world. And I'm sure everyone felt that at the beginning of the pandemic, where especially if you were in like a studio or in a big city without people around you, it's terrifying being so isolated. It's yeah. So kind of drowning out all the noise is so important because like you're just another bozo on the bus. So might as well enjoy the people around you on that bus, I guess. I love that. that. I love that saying. Maybe you should like coin that for yourself. You're just another bozo on the bus. I like bozo. I've been using buffoon recently, but bozo is kind of fun too. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I think that's a great way to kind of like wrap up this show. Like I've learned so Mm -hmm. much about you and I I have to say this may be like a little inside joke or something, but like the funniest thing that has ever happened to me, I think was, or not to me, that I saw was you when we went to CVS right before the fashion show to get a drink and they printed out the longest receipt I have ever seen (laughs) and I you literally just bought a coke like one pepsi or oh yeah it was I think it was a I I remember it it was I bought a Dr. Pepper and the receipt was as tall as I was yeah no you held it up and I was like are you joking and I was literally like coughing hacking up a lung but (laughs) you're probably the reason why I broke a rib it's fine though (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) no it was was so much fun yeah but yeah that fashion show I that was so fun that was crazy night it's like I was like I remember I filmed like the moment they announced that we won I was like I I couldn't believe it I was like that was crazy are you sure and then we all ran up to the stage yeah like no one else did that it was just like the models (laughs) and like the main person but all of us bum rush the stage is so they're cool. like okay Wentworth okay Wentworth please move along <laughs> okay like, it's okay come on it's your next person yeah it <laughs> I was, was thinking in my head you don't know what we went through this semester it was like the real housewives <laughs> of Wentworth Institute of Technology oh my god on top that of being like a drill crazy. sergeant boot camp there's just too many cooks in the kitchen <laughs> oh my god and also like so many ideas and also what were we given? We got like the garden. I ne- I never saw the movie. Still oh, haven't. I like yeah. just got the concept and was like, okay, let's run with that. But we, <laughs> we kind of got a little bit of like we got overwhelmed. Unlucky. Yeah, and yeah. I think some of well, 
you could see in the skirt, like there was just a lot going on. It's just a, it, oh my <laughs> anyway. There's a couple of things where it's like, okay, we need the scissors. Just <laughs> yeah. it was it was ridiculous, hilarious. But, but anyway, finally, so can you please <laughs> plug yourself and tell people where they can find you on the internet, on your LinkedIn, wherever. Mm -hmm. So you can find me on Instagram at J underscore underscore Lair, L-E-H-R-E-R. -E I'm also on LinkedIn, Jacob Lair. Um, also my website, jacoblair.com and the new club I'm starting. So if you're still at Wentworth, wit.ss on Instagram, Wentworth Sustainability Society, and also follow Sustainable Wit on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook because I run those accounts. Oh, cool. So yeah, so follow those find me elsewhere and if you want to join the clubs join the clubs so. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on today that was so fun of course thank you for listening in hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode and if that inspired you i would love if you shared on your social media platforms and tagged me at lilygrace underscore lifestyle on instagram or you can visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com to see my show notes and leave a review as well. I would love to hear your feedback, so please tell me everything and anything that you learned today. Stay classy, stay bossy, and stay listening.